I'm Chara Santilli. I was born with ambition. My parents were entrepreneurs and I pushed myself to be high school valedictorian, class president, most artistic, and most likely to succeed. The summer I turned 19, we celebrated my dad's 50th birthday with a hot air balloon ride. A crash landing left him with a broken neck, me with a broken heart, and my mom coping through alcohol. My relentless ambition helped me become a successful entrepreneur, yet my own private paralysis and overachiever addiction ruled me. I finally ventured on a quest for my best life. I found the path of my inner peace, how to stay on it and how to show the way for others. Now it's your turn. Ready to take that load off your shoulders? Join me so you can cherish your life. A few weeks ago, I went to my 30-year high school reunion. So that was really fun. Um, So here's the scoop. Uh, I grew up in an area called the Tri-Cities in Washington State. It's in southeastern Washington, and it's in desert. So a lot of people think that Washington is all like Seattle and rainy and trees and things like that. It's not. There's, I mean, really a big portion of the state, the whole southeastern part and, and a lot of the east area is all a lot of desert, very flat and shades of brown and a lot of sagebrush. And I really came to appreciate it when I, especially when I would come home from college, because I went to school over near Seattle in Tacoma. And then I would drive home to visit my family and I would come to appreciate seeing the trees start disappearing and then suddenly seeing all the shades of brown and the the sagebrush and the very low, very low rolling hills. Not, I'm not even sure you, they, they, you can quite call them hills, but it very, very different landscape on that side of the state. And the Tri-Cities is basically three cities together that are in a little cluster. It's Richland, Pasco, and Kennewick. And I grew up in Richland. Now, bear with me here because there's a little more history I want to give you that connects directly with my high school and something that my uh, class did the year we graduated. And then I'll get back to talking about the reunion. But so the area of the Tri-Cities was developed originally because the Hanford site was developed there in 1943. And the Hanford site was developed by the government in order to produce plutonium for the bomb that brought an end to World War II. And the city of Richland, my hometown, was built by the government at the edge of Hanford to serve as the hometown and headquarters for the government and contractor workforce. So most of the people in that community initially during the end of the war there and when they were producing the plutonium did not realize what it was going toward. It was very top secret, Uh, but they knew they were contributing to the war effort and and that's what they knew. Now, when D-Day happened, a group of carpenters, laborers, and truck drivers on D-Day got the idea of, God, what if we could contribute to the war effort? As you can try to imagine, very scary time. Maybe you, 
you know, were around for it and you already have a memory for it. Uh, maybe you're younger and you don't, but here, this small group of workers had an idea of donating some their day's pay, their work, to like contribute to the war. Well, the idea took off and snowballed, and 51,000 Hanford workers donated a day's pay. They were able to contribute an entire B-17 airplane to the war effort, and that name was, or that that plane was called the day's pay in honor of what they did. And it survived over 50 missions during the close of World War II. Now, the year I graduated was 1993, which happened to be the 50-year anniversary of the development of the Hanford site. One of the faculty at the time who was head of um, the uh, student but I can't remember the exact title that that he had, Mr. Qualheim. He had this idea of really commemorating the, the day's pay because it ties in with our school, and I'll get to that in a second. But basically, it sparked that he had the idea for the class to do this mural, and then it all went from there. I was class president, so I was in charge of the project, project and our class ended up raising $21,000 from various fundraisers, local community members, businesses, organizations to get a 3,200 square foot mural created and put up on the side of our gymnasium. And that was a remarkable experience, as you can imagine. Um, And there's some things tying it specifically to the school too, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But just side note, that was my first experience public speaking. That was, um, it was quite a, quite a project. It was a huge mural and it was quite a project to organize the whole thing. I actually remember part of my, the end, tail end of my senior year, I'd already, the way it worked when I was going to school, your grades mattered for college through the end of third quarter, I think it was. And then fourth quarter technically didn't matter as far as college. You were, we were already accepted. We were set. They didn't check them. It didn't matter. So I had straight A's and was co-valedictorian, um, which was a goal of mine. And then I was really busy working on this project to get this all done and done in time before we graduated that I actually stopped showing up to some of my classes and did not carry out my four-point GPA at the time. I even, I think I technically got like a C plus in my, one of my key math classes. And I loved math and I was really good at math. Math came very easy for me. And I remember the teacher, um, you know, as I'd pop in and out of class barely and uh, kind of take off or he'd run into me in the hall. He's like, hey, Santilli, and kind of smirk like, nice to see you. How's that mural going? And um, he, uh, it, but anyway, it was a, it was quite a interesting end to my high school senior year uh, coordinating this project. And so um, back to what this meant. So the reason this is how this is connected to my school 
is that originally we were called Columbia High School. And it was the Columbia Beavers, I think, was the mascot. Well, at some point it changed to the Columbia Bombers. And the origin, the reason for that was in honor of the day's pay. And then later, obviously, there was the uh, close to the war with the atomic bomb. And at some point, the name was changed to Richland High School. And the name the Bombers, then the mascot became a mushroom cloud coming out of the R, which is it has been very controversial at and um as i can understand why but if you ever see photos of me uh, actually I'll, I'll post a few photos of the mural and of me in high school and of me at the reunion too for fun um and i'll have a link to that in the show notes but if you ever saw photos of me in high school or anything around my high school the you may see an r with a mushroom cloud coming off the top of it well that is what I grew up with. That was our high school um, mascot and emblem. And that's why we thought we had the name the Bombers until we all got educated around the day's pay. And then it was our class gift with this huge project to re-educate the student body and the community of the actual reason that the school was named the Bombers and to remind the community of this amazing thing that was done by 51,000 people, that they donated a plane that contributed to the war effort and survived 50 missions during the end of, of World War II. So pretty remarkable what that community did. And it was a big deal to bring it to light. The painting was done, the painting of the mural that we did on the side of the gymnasium was done on pieces of um, some t- type of special wood. Uh, I remember we all, a group of us primed the, them with this special primer paint. And, you know, afterward, there was a, a weather thing coat put on it that's been reapplied over the years. But, you know, it was these pieces of wood that were done and then it was assembled on the outside. So it wasn't painted directly on the school. Well, it was, um, and like I said, 3,200 square feet. It was painted by a really talented artist whose name is Pablo Soto. Sadly, who's no longer with us. He passed away a couple of years ago. He was the brother of one of our high school art teachers. So that was an also a really neat connection. I was very active in with the, the art program, because art was one of my other favorite classes, art and math were my absolute favorites. So it was really neat to work closely with the artist and have this connection with my, the, one of the art teachers and our two art teachers actually happened to be husband and wife. So it was this, it was really neat to have this family connection for them. And the painting was based on a painting by the famous aviation artist Keith Ferris, who gave us permission to use concepts from one of his original paintings. And that was a really neat honor and and something else that came out of this. One of the original day's pay flight crew, the ball turret gunner, Charles Purcell, he went by Archie, 
Archie flew in from North Carolina for the special dedication ceremony we had a few days before graduation. That was really amazing. He was one of the crew that was still alive, and he flew in, and it was pretty remarkable. I mean, I get chills even bringing this up and remembering that moment. I just can't imagine being him and having those memories of being in the war and then to see the plane that you flew up on the side of a school in the community where the money was raised by the people who worked there is pretty remarkable. And as I said, this was extra special timing because this was the 50th anniversary of the beginning of the Hanford area, which was the beginning of the community in, in the first place. So that is a backstory to some things connected with my senior class and my personal experiences, as well as our community and our high school that I wanted to share with you since this is a about my reflections on my reunion because as you can imagine, going back and seeing people, some people I hadn't seen in 20 years, most people I hadn't seen in 30 years, and remembering back to these days, you know, there's a flood of emotions and memories that comes back and it's it's really uh, quite remarkable. Um, Oh, something else that I learned that was really neat that actually I learned after my reunion just a little while ago is that this year, the Richland Police Department uh, put an emblem on their uniforms of the day's pay airplane. So that is really special. And I know other ways it's showed up in the community since we really brought it back into uh, focus, the, you know, 30 years ago. But to find out that that just happened this year too, here at 30 years after we graduated and did this mural, that was really, really neat to, to find out about. In fact, a friend of mine who I went to high school with sent me a text message literally just a couple days ago of a screen grab of her Facebook screen showing, or her Facebook feed, showing the picture of the day's pay with a police car parked in front of it and maybe telling this, you know, the story around the the emblem. I, I, I think that's what the post was about. And then right below it was a post of mine about uh, my latest podcast episode or something. And she just loved that serendipitously these two things had shown up together in her Facebook feed and she wanted to share it with me and um, that also encouraged me to talk about this a bit because it means a lot to our community and it, it, it was a big deal what they did in contributing that airplane. So I'm happy to share that history with you and also wanted to take a moment to explain you know, the name, the Richland Bombers, and all those different details. Okay, now let's get back to the reunion. And actually, let's go back to all of my reunions real quick. My 10-year reunion, I remember I, I went to that, and I remember it felt like there were a lot of us still trying to prove something. 
you know, it, it wasn't far enough away from the high school years. We were in our late 20s. And I remember feeling definitely kind of in that frenetic zone of life that I was in at that time. Very busy go-getter. Um, kind of when I just think back, it kind of makes me like a little amped up to think about that time for me. Just very intense. And oh, just I even want to take a deep breath <laughs> to like center because it's like, whew, that was quite a quite a time. Um, so so the it was a it was great to see people. It was, you know, I do remember some it was fun. It yet I just want to I what I definitely remember is the difference how I thinking of myself at the time and the energy that comes up inside me and those memories. And then just that how people were. Um so my 20 year was that well the timing it was a challenging time for me personally and it was right before let's see it would have been it was pr- prior to my mom it was my la- mom's last year of life she had a, if you've been following me for a while you may know this already she had a, she suffered from uh, alcoholism and the prior year had attempted suicide while being very intoxicated and then this was a very challenging final year of life where she and then she passed away that November of 2013 um, on Thanksgiving coming up on the 10-year anniversary later this year so I remember that was I just felt I remember that prior August when I was at a friend's house um, and it was the weekend my mom had uh, attempted suicide and it was, I was waiting for her to be let go from the facility where they were holding her for one or two days or whatever it was to make sure she was okay and not a threat to herself or others as is the policy. And I was with a friend and something came up about a reunion for the 20 year coming up that next year when we were just chatting at one point, trying to, you know, not have every minute be all consumed by my fears about my mom and what was going to happen next and all the stress I was feeling around what was going on right then. And I remember I felt so Oh, disappointed. Just remembering back how I felt. It was it was a very challenging emotional time. And I felt very disappointed. And I felt like I was a disappointment to my classmates. Because I was class president, I was valedictorian, I was voted most likely to succeed. And I just did not feel like I had lived up to those expectations. And so, and this was, you know, 10 years ago, I had just 
started working with a coach the prior year. I'd done years of therapy since our hot air balloon accident um, that happened uh, in 94, a year after I graduated. But I was a year into a deeper dive into personal development and really facing some things about myself. And so I was definitely feeling uh, very, again, I had a big fear of being a disappointment. And I felt very lost. And the thought of showing up to my reunion, I I mean, I couldn't, it, it was like furthest thing from my mind. I just could not even fathom having the confidence to do that. It it was it was really interesting. Now, keep in mind, I was very scared about my mother at this time. There was a lot of heavy stuff going on and things that I was processing, things that I was stuffing and not processing. It was, you know, the whole enchilada. So, I did not go to the 20-year reunion. I got deep into Al-Anon at that time and, you know, really sought out a lot of uh, extra coaching and support for myself. And um, so that was the 20 year. Okay, fast forward 30 year reunion this year. So when I, well, and I also, (laughs) you know, as class president, typically I would be the one organizing these things. But I, I didn't. At the 10-year, I remember there were a few people who lived locally that said they wanted to and were willing to organize it. I said, great, that would be super because certainly easier when they live local. 20-year, I was uh, emotionally not, you know, really uh, certainly not in a place to do that. So someone else did something then. And then the 30-year, uh, earlier this year, I got a a DM on Facebook from one of my classmates. And he said he and a friend of his were organizing the 30-year reunion. And they were going for low-key, an evening meetup at a local bar on a Friday night, and then a family picnic on a Saturday. And so I was like, great, this sound, thank you for doing this. And I really felt, I felt a real strong excitement come up of just, it, it sounded like fun to go this year. I felt in an emotional, in a, in a good place emotionally to, to do that 10, you know, the last 10 years, a lot has happened with me and I have been able to process, grow, accept, face all kinds of things. And I was ready. I was excited to see a lot of people. So I planned a trip home around this, uh, talked to some friends, and um, one of my closest friends still to this day is someone I went to high school with. And she said, and I'm going to have her on the show uh, at some point here. We've been talking about it. We definitely want to do that because we've been friends since we were like 13 years old. And her name's Amy. So we, we, she picked me up and we went and it was, it was really, really fun. We went to the family picnic. I do have regret for not going the prior night. Uh, a little regret, I guess. Um, bar scenes, personally, not quite my thing. The noise, the 
um, not really a drinker, you know, all the stuff. But I did find out that there were a lot of people that went that didn't go to the picnic. So that was a bummer to hear about. So I'll remember that in the future. But but it's okay. It was, um, uh, you know, just I'm, I'm thrilled I went Saturday. So it was really beautiful venue where they hosted it. Someone had a connection to a winery right on the river. It's our community. The Columbia River runs right through our community. So it was right on the river, this beautiful winery, beautiful setting, whole outdoor uh, barbecue set up and, and everything. And um, it was hot. Oh my gosh. So keep in mind, I said this was the desert. It's no joke. In the summer, it gets over 100 degrees. And not just this year, pretty much always. And in the winter, it gets below zero. And there's often snow. It's very different climate than what you people think of when they think of Washington State. Um, so hot, hot, hot. I think it was a high, um, 103, I think that day, right when the picnic started. So, uh, I had Heidi, my dog with me because I take her when I go visit my dad. And so I had her with me and I thought, well, I'll just take her with me, even though it's going to be hot. It's just, I knew people would love to see her. I share her online so much. She also gets a bit anxious um, when I'm not around, especially if in a new setting like that. So I figured out a, we went to, Amy and I stopped off at the uh, local Fred Meyer. Oh my gosh, the memories that came back. So there's, this is nearby my high school, this store that we, we stopped at. And it has food, it has clothes, it has everything all in one spot. And and it existed back when we were in high school. And so the memory, real quick side story, that every time I go there that comes back is there's a flagpole there. And on Fridays in PE, you know, physical education class in high school, it was a requirement that we ran and did quote unquote, the Freddy fun run on Fridays. And regardless of how hot it was, and it was, uh, Amy and I were in gym class together. She was in track, no, wait, cross country. She was in cross country. And so she was a great runner. And she just would, I did dance for my physical activity in high school. Running is very different than the than dancing. I had a lot of endurance and uh, high metabolism, and I was very healthy and physically fit. But for dancing, very different activity than running. And we did not do it outside, except for maybe a performance once a year. But Amy was this graceful runner who just made everything it just like just trotted along and it was just she just glided out there it was so easy she has this beautiful big smile and her long ponytail just a uh, bouncing and she would run by me and we would go and on her way back she'd gone all the way to Fred Meyer around the flagpole be on her way back I'm still on my way there 
And she just would be like giving me pep talk when she passed by, like, you got this. So it was some, it was, <laughs> every time we go to the store, I drive by it, I can, I remember that memory, the dread of Fridays in gym class and the happy moment of when I would see her and just, it was a big struggle, though. I tell you, that was a struggle for me to do those runs. They were not, quote unquote, fun for me. So uh, Freddie Fun Run was was not, did not meet the name uh, as far as I was concerned. Anyway, okay, so we go to Fred Meyer. We get some, uh, they said, you know, bring your own drinks if you want something non-alcoholic and any sides if you want, then they, they were going to have some meat to barbecue and stuff. So we grabbed some drinks and we realized we've, I'd forgotten to grab a few cups from my dad's. So we're looking at the, the cups and, um, you know, she and I never really, we never went to the drinking, um, keggers in high school or in, well, I guess I was around alcohol a bit in college, but I, I didn't really drink very, very rarely did I ever drink in college. But, you know, it's kind of laughed as we saw the red solo cups and stuff because it just, um, it just is not something that was, has been a big part of either of our lives. So, but there's a version of those cups that are aluminum. And I was like, oh, Amy, let's get this pack. And then you can use the rest with your kids and they're reusable. And how cool is that? So that ended up being perfect because I put, um, we, I had ice with us in a little cooler and then we got some bottled drinks that we liked and I put, um, ice water in a cup and held that against Heidi while we were at this picnic and I was holding her most of the time cause she's so small, you know, under five pounds. And so I was holding that cup against her and kept her cool, thanks to a suggestion by my husband the prior night of like, hey, just have a cold water bottle or something next to her. And so I did that. And then it worked well, so she, I could give her some water periodically too. Anyway, so you can have the pull, full vision here of um, me. I wore a little sundress and uh, had a hat. I actually grabbed one of my mom's straw hats that was um, really fun to wear and to kind of have a piece of her with me for the reunion. And then I had Heidi, this water, uh, aluminum cup with ice water, keeping her cool. Um, we were sweating like crazy and trying to stand in the shade as much as possible. There were a lot of beautiful trees, so that was really great. Um, okay. So there's the scene. So we walk in and and meet people and get ourselves situated with our drinks and stuff. And I mean, already just sweating up a storm. And the faces I saw, it was really fun. Most people, many people were recognizable and still looked very much the same. And then, yeah, there were some that did not look the same and took me a while to figure out who they were. Um, I so appreciated this was a different time of life. If, you know, at our 30 year, people were definitely more vulnerable and real. There's less facades. Um, Many had a desire to share real life truth, real stories. And 
part of that experience, probably at least that was my personal experience. I don't know, I can't speak for anybody else and their experience about the conversations they had when they were talking to people that day. But, you know, I, as you know, if you're a listener here, I'm very vulnerable in sharing about my life. And I, that's part of my experience right now and has been. So I, I think people know that because they've seen me post online and they know what I'm doing these days and they know a lot about my story. So maybe that makes people let down their guards too. So then we could have real conversations and not just be a bunch of just chit chat about random crap. And we got to learn about each other. And it was really enjoyable. It was really special. Little lesson there. The more you can embrace telling the truth and being vulnerable, the more people around you will respond likewise. And then you can have more authentic connection with people and deeper relationships, even if it's just for one conversation. So I just wanted to share that as an insight I had reflecting back on this day. Um, Connected with this, one guy came up to me and just said, I mean, I can't remember the exact words, but it basically was like, I recognize you, but I don't remember your name. And he basically just said something along those lines. And I was like, it's Cheris. And I said, and your name? I said, I recognize you too, but what's your name? And he told me and I was like, yes, okay. I loved that he was just straight and and not shy about that. It was so cool. So that was really, that sticks in my mind. Um, and then, you know, I have to be honest, the conversations I had that are the most memorable are the, I think some of the ones that I had with people where I barely knew them in high school, they weren't necessarily in my, um, tight group that I spent the most time with. And, um, it was really special to have those, those conversations. Um, you know, some of the, like, for instance, uh, I know I have one person there has been following me with my podcast and listens to a lot of the episodes and really has been following a lot that I've been doing. And she got to share what an impact it made on her. And that was really, oh, that just made me so happy. It's very gratifying because this, I've shared before this, this medium, it's something I love to do. And yet I have to be honest, there's a lot of days where I'm kind of like, is anybody listening? What's going on out there? Because there's no automatic feedback. Um, you know, I can go look at the data and see how many downloads and, and, uh, see people clicking like on the posts, but I don't know how many people are actual. I, I just, there's no, there's no automatic feedback converse. There's no it's not two-way conversation. So it was really, really great to hear that this was making a difference for her. And this is someone that 
I really didn't know in high school. I mean, we saw each other, I knew her name, but we didn't hang out. And to hear about her life story of things that happened since then and things she's overcome, it was really very special, really, really, really special. Uh, there's other childhood connections that I had, somebody that I went to school with, and we were in the same class, kindergarten and first and second grade. And I had over in my birthday parties and stuff that had moved away for a chunk of my childhood. And we didn't really reconnect in high school. And yet we have this powerful connection because we, we shared those very formative, very early memories together of, uh, of those, those first few years in school. And so I even was able to find a photo on my phone that through my Google drive that I have connected of us, I think it was the kindergarten picture or something. And, um, it was really fun to be able to look back like that. These reunions are so interesting because, um, there's this attachment we have to these childhood connections and these memories that truly, if we think about just the high school piece of it, a lot of people you didn't necessarily, some people in high school you may have known or before high school, but if we just look at high school, it's a handful of years. And there's people we've known in our adult lives much longer than the people that we knew in high school. And yet these memories made during these formative developmental years of our childhood and coming to the end of our childhood are very, um, they are something that you, you just can't compare to other memories you make later on memories that you make later on in life. It's, it, it just something about that time sort of stamps them with this extra special sauce. <laughs> it's something that just cannot be compared to memories made later. It's not that they're any better. It's just they're different. And there's this deeper sense of attachment. There's something about people who knew you when you were a kid that, and especially at that time, right when you're kind of right about to leave the nest, so to speak, there's something about those connections that is quite remarkable. There's one memory I have of the reunion that was a an awareness for myself. So overall, I felt very calm. I felt very centered. I felt very much myself. I felt very grounded and I didn't feel like I was trying to prove anything or on a mission to do anything. I was just, I felt very present. And something that I did catch though, is that a couple times people gave me a compliment of how well I had aged. And I deflected that and I caught myself doing what I catch many clients doing, deflecting a compliment, not fully accepting it. And I made, you know, kind of made a joke of like, oh, there's more gray hair here. It's just been colored, which is true. I actually do have 
quite a bit, not my full head, but quite a lot around my face and uh, the top of my head that is truly quite gray and I do color it. It's not from my full head yet and I'm just not ready to go there yet. But the fact that I deflected and made that comment instead of just saying thank you was something that I'm I'm glad that I caught after the fact because I want to continue to practice accepting compliments and saying thank you and not countering it with a, oh yeah, but kind of thing. Just accepting it, thanking, receiving, because that is truly receiving the gift. It doesn't help either of you to deflect it or, you know, toss it back or toss it away. It actually is doing a disservice and and is not as kind to the person giving the compliment. So if anybody's listening who did give me that compliment and I deflected that, I'm sorry I did that. I really appreciate the compliment. And I am still growing and learning and practicing all the stuff that I teach and talk about. So I wanted to share that this is something that I caught that I did a couple times. And um, I, you know, it's okay. And it's a reminder to myself to accept and receive in the future. A funny tidbit about the event is that we got eaten alive by what Amy's told me she's pretty sure were biting midges. It's a type of biting fly. And it was really, I have an allergic reaction to mosquito bites. They really swell up on me and make me itch like really soon after I get bitten. I was, we were shooing the fly, these things away. I didn't know what they were at the time because we ended up staying much later than we thought. And so it was getting dark and all the bugs came out for sure. We were by the river. Hot day. Okay. I, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting eaten alive. I was expecting to see these welts start form. I didn't know if they were mosquitoes. Nothing was happening. The next morning I woke up, no sign of any bites. Then that night, I noticed between this, uh, on the top of my, both my feet, between my sandal straps, these red little bumps. And it reminded me of a heat rash that I've gotten in the past before Um, more kind of up on my upper chest if I got too much sun and I didn't have sunscreen on. And so I thought, oh, I got some heat rash there because I didn't put enough sunscreen on my feet. And it started itching and it was a little uncomfortable. So I put some extra lotion on it that night. Well, then in the morning I woke up and I realized suddenly then I had bumps all over my body, especially on my legs and feet. And I started counting them. And then I tell you, every time I went to, I I don't know why I was so, well, it was shocking how many bites I had. I've never had this many bites on my body before in my life, and I hope to never have this many again, ever. They were so itchy and red and, uh, oh my gosh, it really, really uncomfortable. This lasted like two weeks. In fact, some of the itchiest days happened to be two weeks later. And I was so, I, I couldn't scratch them. I was so uncomfortable that... For some reason, it was interesting to me to, and I was so shocked at how many of these bites were all over. Every time I counted, I counted even more and I would realize I had more because then as they kind of, as time went on, what I thought was one split out and I noticed there was like three or four all in this cluster. 
Well, there ended up being over 60 bites on my body. Oh my gosh. It was, I mean, holy crap that it, I was so uncomfortable. And as Amy wrote in a text back to me, she says, we're reunion warriors with these bites. And oh my gosh, she says it, they're itching like crazy. She had um, a good chunk of bite, uh, you know, a good amount herself. Oh my gosh. I even took a picture of my legs. It, it looks like I had chicken pox. So that was a not so fun part of this story. But I'll tell you, the reunion was still worth it. Um, in the future, if I ever go to an evening event on the river, I, I don't remember these bugs when I was a kid, but I also probably wasn't staying out late at night like that either. Who knows? Anyway, we're figuring out some bug spray because that was, <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I cannot believe how many bug bites were all over me. Okay, so. Moral of the story, I guess, is just fun shares about a little bit about my childhood, connections, reconnecting with people 30 years later, and learning, and just, just, just honestly just wanted to share about these experiences with you. For my closing quote today, I'm going to quote my high school class of 1993, and our little saying we had for our senior year, I, I don't, this was probably from the cheerleaders or something. I don't, I don't, I'm guessing, but I still have it in my head. Okay. So this is, so we're going to laugh here, or at least you probably will be laughing at me because I'll be laughing. We're so awesome. Can't you see? We're the class of 93. I hope you're enjoying my Cherish Your Life podcast. If this is supporting you in any way, please review, subscribe, and share it with friends and family. You can follow me on social media at Cherish Your Life, and my website is CherishYourLife.com. Yep, my name's unique. Here's an easy tip for you to pronounce and spell it. It's like the city, Paris, but with a CH. Special thanks to my dear friend, Paul Suyelgis, who enhanced and mixed the musical track. Little did we know back in college in the 90s, while my then boyfriend, now husband, and I listened to Paul riff on his guitar, that he'd be helping me decades later give a creative touch to something called a podcast. <laughs>